Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show turned podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. In Pawtucket, Rhode Island, I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me in Dallas, Texas is Meredith Mayhan. Good afternoon, Meredith. Good afternoon, Bobby. And we have a special guest with us today for our interview show, a guest who we've tried to have on once before. Well, we didn't try to have on once before. Mike and Christy failed miserably at having on once before. <laughs> uh, and Meredith and I are here to clean up their mess. And finally, give Amy Shepard the show. She is due from Memphis, Tennessee. Good afternoon, Amy. <laughs> Good afternoon. <laughs> to be fair, this is our second try for us too, but it was just scheduling. We'll get to that. Uh, but first, we'll talk about some things we must discuss uh, and talk to you, Amy, uh, and Meredith will run you through your paces. <laughs> then we'll play back the clip from TBTL history you've brought us, and it's a short one, but a sweet one. Then we'll wrap up that clip and talk about how others can get involved and do a little housekeeping. Uh, but we have to start with what we must discuss, which is that this is our second try, second time recording with you, and also uh, our second time scheduling. But first... Um, it was what back in December when November, November eleventh, Veterans Day. Wait, yep. we are we are terrible keeping you <laughs> waiting this long. Well, there was also all the special edition Christmas <clears throat> stuff that happened. That's so, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which was just us wanting to take some time off for the holidays. <laughs> um, you guys had what, by all accounts, uh, at least of rumors of oral history, was a great conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it went pretty smoothly, I believe. Yeah, but the computers just didn't agree. Um, There's no evidence of it. Right. And uh, we've had a lot of luck with this show, actually. If my count is right, this is going to be episode number 89 or so. I think you're right. Yeah. And uh, that is the only one that we've lost. <laughs> uh, and it happens to every podcast once. So yeah, hopefully it's a pretty that's good it. record. Yeah. But uh, thank you for being a trooper and finally coming back around with us. Um, <laughs> I knew it eventually happened. I wasn't too stressed. I was like, maybe the computer knew that I'd get yelled at, like, by Facebook. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and very apropos of this clip that you brought us, uh, we were supposed <laughs> to record last night, yep. uh, but then you had a child emergency and we were making sure that everything was okay. Can you give us uh, a quick version of what happened last night? Well, it was mostly like uh, it was a random fever that had finally gone over the 24 mile mark and, or the 24 hour mark. And it was just uh, it hit a high note of like 100 uh, 104.5 on the oral wow. thermometer. So God wow. knows if that was actually Ooh. correct because she wasn't hallucinating. And how old she, is she? She's four. OK. Yeah, that's so, worrisome. Yeah, it was worrisome. And um so I was like, well, this is the breaking point. I'm going to the emergency room. And she was fine, turned out. And you can also alternate Tylenol and Motrin. So that that helps. I didn't know mm -hmm. that you could do that with small children. You can do it with an adult, though. So I learned something. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that's, a, that's a method that I've used many, many times. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 104.5, by the way, is the Team ESPN Radio Albany Sports Talk Leader, just in case you're looking for something to remember this by. Oh, wow. So it's like sports and sports and sports. In Dallas, it's the all auto-tuned hip-hop all the time station. I couldn't <laughs> tell you what it is in Memphis, but it's probably it's probably hip-hop in Memphis yeah. or country. There's a good well, chance sure. it's country. Yeah. We, 
No blues channels, amazingly. So you have how many children? Just the one. Just the one. And the one is four years old. And what's the child's name? Her name's Ella Ruby. Ella Ruby. Oh, cute. Yeah, that's like only half her names. I slapped on as many names as possible. <laughs> but And so. she's okay. Yeah, she's okay. She just terrified me the on that occasional time. But she never gets sick. So I like when she gets sick, I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Unlike Andrew, she's never had an ear infection. <laughs> Uh, right, right before we started, you mentioned that everyone has been sequestered accordingly for this recording session. So, where, where is everyone? Uh, I have my dog that's seven months old in my bathroom, which means everything had to be put away. There was more. Um, it was more challenging than putting Ella down for a nap because she oh, still takes naps. Harder. Yeah, and pretty much everything can be destroyed. So last night she destroyed one of my my lawn gnomes oh i was like what how how'd you even break this concrete thing and then now you're chewing on it so my pod dog is right next to me but she's 11 years old and probably won't move for the duration yeah i can't wait till 11 years old yeah it's great (laughs) i was like (laughs) i can't all the time i can't wait till three because i assume she's going to turn into rudy at that point and just Mm -hmm. be lazy (laughs) so well it'll be great once she's out of puppyhood Thank you for squaring everything away for us and bringing us this clip. I know it wasn't necessarily your first choice or your second choice or your third choice, <laughs> uh, but but eventually we got to something that was new and different for us and a really fun one. Uh, this My Child, My Enemy clip, which we'll get into in a few more minutes. Uh, and I think it's actually interesting that on the second try with this, you're getting the two hosts who not only don't have children, because Mike and <laughs> Christy also don't have their own children, but we also don't have children in our circles. Like Mike has Cullen yeah. and uh, Christy has Ellie still sort of, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. in the picture. Uh, and we are both very happily without kids, at least Meredith. That's what I remember last from you. Quite. Yeah. yeah. You never know when that happens. It just comes out of nowhere. Well, I feel like something has to happen. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> well, um, mommy and daddy, <laughs> mommy and daddy have their teams win the Super Bowl. Yep. <laughs> and I didn't watch that commercial, so I'm still. It was out of... weird. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I only heard a puppy, puppy monkey baby. Oh no, that it was, was awful. Like it was just via Twitter, and I was like, oh my god, what, what is this? For? It was terrible. It's. I heard some audio on after these messages earlier today, and I'm like, oh god, that's yeah. awful. <laughs> Yeah, why they got seal? No one will ever know. I want to ask you more about other things, but I'd actually let's wait because I don't want to get too far off TBTL. We've already chatted for a bit, so I think this is a good chance for Meredith to run you through your questions, which should be fairly well rehearsed at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, and actually updated. <laughs> Even better. So Meredith, I'll hand it over to you. All right, great. So yeah, you probably already know the answers to these right off the top of your head. So the first thing we always ask everybody is, what was your first episode of TBTL? I see. My first episode was um, 1,639. Wow. Yeah, it's Dangerous Road Trip, where Luke is recording in his car. And he's, I think it was right after I listened to A Wait Wait. And um, my first episode was this. And he was like, well, it's probably going to be the last one, because I'm probably going to wreck the car and die. So I think I remember that he was driving over the bridge in Seattle or something. Yeah. Like there was a lot of 
twists and turns while he's driving. And it was, I was actually quite anxious during that one. <laughs> so I was like, oh, gosh, I wonder if this is what they're all like. <laughs> I'll chime so, in with context. That was July 8th, 2014. And the show description is really short. It just says Luke records the show from his car driving back from Portland and Andrew plans the demise of his new rival, David Burbank. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was it. And that's where I started out. And I was like, wow. Wow. And yeah, it was, uh, it was a, a long day at work. And I was like, well, I just finished Wait, Wait. So I'm going to have to um, download a bunch of more podcasts. So I went and downloaded like 10 episodes of TBTL. Okay. So did you first hear, hear about TBTL on Wait, Wait? Yes. And um, I, I'd heard Luke quite a few times on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And I was just burning through some podcasts like crazy during, um, I do that during the summer, anytime I have to work alone at work. So you have the kind of job where you can just kind of tune out your brain and. Well, I, I prefer to, because if I talk to my coworkers, I get very <laughs> angry. <laughs> As there's about a 30 year difference between me and all of them. So oh boy. Yeah. And I can't watch Judge Judy. So if I'm in the back, um, my coworker in the furrier shop is uh, she's watching Judge Judy or the doctors. And if you're a fan of science, you know that uh, the doctors is bullshit. Yep. So <laughs> I'm just like, I can't take I can't take this. This is crazy. It's a terrible show. It's a horrible show. Essential oils and all sorts of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then podcasts are a great choice. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to need a daily one. I'm going to keep interrupting because I've got to ask you what the day in the life of a furrier is like. Well, um, my store is very specialized. And so if anybody's from Memphis, they're going to know exactly where I work. But um, my store is both a furrier and a uh, fine jewelry place. So in my mornings, I put out jewelry. And then during the summer, I spend my day cleaning and checking and, uh, you know, altering and repairing people's furs. And wow. it's it's kind of disgusting, especially with some of the older pieces. And you see some majestically hideous objects hmm. come in there that people think are worth so much money, but they're just old furs, which do not appreciate money at all. There's no value appreciation. Hmm. I like was about car. to ask, you know, the clientele, is it is it a really high end clientele or is it just, you know, people who had a great, great aunt who had a little money? Every, every, every side of that. And you get uh, the people who spend like 60 years wanting a fur coat and then they buy their fur coat and then they never wear their fur coat because we're in Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> I'm honestly, a little surprised that you can buy fur. It's so off my radar. Like I thought, oh, that's probably illegal by now. Oh, well, there's some stuff that is illegal, definitely. But um, mink is, it's farmed like cows and stuff. So mm -hmm. they uh, they have quite a few, um, you know, ranches that do minks but it's it's all very ethically questionable in my opinion because i don't yeah. even eat factory farmed meat but i was like ah people eat food and i've got to eat and that's what i yeah. could get at that time because i was a single mom and i definitely needed the money so that's how i ended up in furrier work i worked <laughs> for a year at a foreclosure factory law firm so i i've seen dark things for work <laughs> yeah yeah. Did you actually start um, listening to lots of podcasts to tune out your brain during that process? Yeah, actually, that was that was actually early in my podcasting world, too. That was that was intermittent. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, and then I picked it up again when I moved. But enough about me. <laughs> Meredith, I'll 
I'll stop interrupting. That's that's not true. I won't stop interrupting, but I'll do no, it. That's okay. You don't have to. So the anxiety-inducing road trip didn't turn you totally off of TBTL, well, and you kept I'll, listening. Yes. Also, because I downloaded all of these episodes, and I'm like, I'm going to stick with it. I did as well. Yeah, I didn't want to run up to the front to connect to Wi-Fi to download all these podcasts. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, so do you remember which episode turned you into a 10? Yes. It's actually... Eight episodes later, it's uh, 1647 when Andrew gets into a bar fight. <laughs> he he doesn't really get into a bar fight. He just gets into kind of like an argument, kind of, with the um, bartender. And she's just really mean to him for no reason. And he's just like aghast. He's like, why? Why are you being mean? And Oh, I remember this. When she was rude and... Yep. And I think everybody who's ever been in a bar and... uh you know, that, that has happened at least once, some weird, awkward situation like that. But she didn't want to give him drinks. So. Right. There was just a weird, like, they got off on the wrong foot. Yeah. Yeah. And things went south from there. I vaguely remember yeah. this. Because he was trying to get drinks for the table and. Right. And, dr- they, you know, she, extra drinks. And that wasn't cool with her. Yeah. And she made him bring all of the IDs to the front. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were never the had to do that. Yeah, that's never, ever happened before. So that's, I guess it was probably, if the laws are the same, a non-smoking bar said to make sure nobody under 18. But that usually is not what happens. They card you at the door usually, so. If it's late night, yeah. Yeah. So So that somehow hooked you in? Yeah, because I'm an awkward person. Yeah, like, (laughs) I'm this awkward, like, why are you mad at me for no reason type of um, person. So I was like, So do you identify with Andrew a lot? Because he's very much like that. Yes, I do identify with Andrew a lot because he is mostly trying not to offend anyone. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's a lot of that. And he's kind of awkward. And I'm very awkward a lot of times. (laughs) I think it's endearing. Yeah, it's very endearing. All right. So have you ever been on the show or had any emails read or anything like that? I just made it onto the, a mention of me made it onto the show um, last week. They don't make femurs like they used to because um, I tweeted at them on Monday to make extra long shows so that I could have something to listen to when I'm getting tattooed. And it was all groundhogs. (laughs) I was just (laughs) like, well, I've got to really focus on these groundhogs. So. That's well, you did. asked for it. Yeah, I did. I was like, yay, I've got something to focus on. And they were there the whole time. So so how great. long did you spend getting tattooed? And are they done? And can we see them? And what um, are they? They're not finished healing yet. Uh, there's I was three and a half hours, which is not the longest time I've been in the chair, but it can be mind numbing if you don't have anything to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a... Uh, they're weird. Um, a cupcake that's got butterfly wings and a lollipop <laughs> with butterfly wings. And as Andrew said, the happiest goddamn ice cream cone you've ever seen. <laughs> that it's, sounds amazing. Yeah, they're just all of my tattoos are ludicrously sweet and adorable. And so um, when I tweeted at them, they're like, wait, we have to approve this. Because I think there was mention of full back angel wings. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember. <laughs> so. But yeah, I was like really excited. Like that made my week. That's awesome. Yeah. So are you a kind of a tattoo addict? Do you you get one and you feel like you want to get another one and another one and another one? Um, I wouldn't say that because I guess it had been two years since I'd lo- last gotten tattooed. But I do really want to have 
lots of tattoos. Like I want to be sleeved out eventually. It's just an expensive and time consuming and not necessarily comfortable thing yeah. to do. So you just wait until it's convenient. And so that's what I did was I just waited. I was like, um, my boyfriend's out of town, so I don't have to be angry at him because I won't want to be touched. <laughs> and, yeah, true. and I was just like, it'll just be, um, I'll just be able to focus on chilling out and napping because you get really sleepy after that. Mm -hmm. So, I got one tattoo when I was 18, I think. Yeah. My brother owned a tattoo shop and I was like, I can do this legally now. <laughs> and I could, I could see my, I got two total, but I got that feeling as soon as the first one was done, I was like, oh, I want to do a lot of this. And oh, actually yeah. I'm glad that I didn't because I've actually had both of them removed now. <gasps> Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they were poorly thought out, poorly executed, you know, just bad, dumb 18-year-old decisions. And let me tell you, the removal hurts so much more. Well, at this point, it's going to be, I would not ever imagine removing because there would be so much square, yeah. square inches to do. And when you have things like a cuttlefish that's reading and drinking coffee while knitting, there's like, that's. I, I think it was pretty well put. If I had gotten those, I would never take them. I was going to say that sounds very specific. That didn't sound like a <laughs> like a an imaginary example. <laughs> no, that's that's like I'm looking down. I was like, wait, what is all this cuttlefish doing? So, but um, I have the it's the a rather large cuttlefish that's holding a flower pot, reading with knitting needles and coffee. So how do you come up with these things? Well, that one, I wrote down a list of all my favorite things and handed it to the artist and said, make something that'll work. Because the <laughs> only thing that existed was the flower pot before. Because for a short time, uh, right before I found out I was pregnant, I was a tattoo apprentice. So I, uh, I did that on myself as this flower pot. And I didn't want to mm -hmm. get rid of it because I was actually technically pregnant when I did it. So I was like, oh, that's a cool way to start this. So I wanted to yeah. keep that. I didn't want to cover it or remove it. So I just went from there. And then I was like, just make it work with this. And he came up with this thing because everything was on the list. And I was like, awesome. You can do that. That's great. So have you stuck with the same tattoo artist then? I have because, you know, they're very, he does everything really, really cute for me. Most of everything else is like skulls and the misfits right. and all sorts of stuff. But he always makes like these, um, these designs that I always say are so cute that they look like they poop rainbows. <laughs> well, how could, how could a cupcake with butterfly wings not be cute? I know. So it's I gotta like, be. I'm going to go with that. Cause I love, I love things that make me happy. And so I, I was like, yes, this sounds good. And so I just give him an idea or I find one of his things that he's recently sketched and changed it to what I want. And then we go from there. Awesome. Or I call him up drunk in the middle of the night once and <laughs> he makes something. And so I have a seahorse that looks like a, the 11th doctor. Wow. <laughs> so. Wow. Can we make a giant photo collage of these and just use that as a show pick, please? <laughs> yes, sure. I'll have to like take pictures of them all. <laughs> um. That last tattoo that you just described really puts a fine point on this fact, which is that that's incredibly nerdy, and yet you are so much cooler than I am. <laughs> I uh, mean, you've got your old man appeal. That's I'm the, sure there's old man appeal. That's the first time anyone's ever used the word appeal. With yeah, that. I like that phrase. <laughs> uh, I have no tattoos. I'm not opposed to tattoos. I'm just not sure... Like every time I think about it, I don't know what I would get. 
and nothing yeah. ever strikes me as being so bold. Now, my mom, uh, boy, it was probably many years ago now, but long after I moved away and went to college and all that, we're Episcopalian, and she actually got the Episcopal crest uh, over wow. her ankle. And That's pretty she, hardcore for an Episcopalian. Right, mm-hmm. and she jokes that that way when she dies, they'll know where to send her. <laughs> they'll know which heaven to put her in. Uh, oh, that's and fantastic. She, and she's got a pink ribbon too, because there's been a lot of cancer in the family. And so those things both mean a lot to her. And it's not a terrible idea, but like as a guy, I feel like there are a lot less places you can get a tattoo without it being super awkward. Like I guess I could get one on my on my arm, right? Because that would be very right. typical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like I'm not gonna get something on my back. I'm not gonna get something on my ankle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that well, you could have tape across the top of the back. You could have your Robert Pape across the top of your shoulders. <laughs> just thug <laughs> life on your chest. Just like a jersey yes. tattooed to my body. Yeah, people do that. <laughs> my brother was, when he owned the shop, he was also pr- apprenticing. He was the piercer, but he was apprenticing as a tattoo artist. And he was practicing on himself. He is covered. But when he puts on a suit, you can't see any of them. Right. You know, he's right. got a ring kind of around his collarbone of flames that looks pretty cool um his legs are covered in really bad ones because that's easy to do on yourself right so whenever Um, you're you're starting out you're always on your legs which is mm -hmm. why my flower pot's on my leg yeah yeah well so but i mean everybody at work for the first few months were like why is she always wearing black tights (laughs) (laughs) and they they actually came out and asked her like do you just have giant tattoos on your legs or do you just never shave your legs? I'm like, <laughs> I have giant tattoos. I do shave. <laughs> so, do you have to keep them covered at work then? Um, I've never been asked to, but when your clientele is in their 80s, mm-hmm. I generally don't want to tick off an old lady. So that's yeah. generally it. Especially in the South, it's a lot less um, um, acceptable in some places in the South. And old ladies in the South definitely don't like tattoos. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Well, I think Meredith still has to ask the the big question. Yes, yes. So the big question that you have already been asked is why does TVTL matter to you? Well, TVTL matters to me most because it's like, um, especially working with all these older people and I'm the only young person who only holds my specific views. And I was feeling, when I got into TVTL, I was feeling so extremely isolated from everyone. And I I was new to Memphis and I was still in the back um, working, uh, sewing and stuff. And it's very isolated. And I couldn't talk to any of my coworkers because we have nothing in common. And I don't think they really like me. Now they've come to accept me a little bit more, but they're not really a big fan of somebody having the store keys when they're 30 years younger. So I was just really every single day, it made me want to cry at work. So putting TBTL in and then being able to listen to them and laugh and kind of this huge community that has sprung out of TBTL is amazing to be part of. And it made me feel like a lot happier when I was especially really, really upset in working and um, whenever I was coming home and I was single and I had a two-year-old who... Two-year-olds are horrible conversationalists. <laughs> so it was nice to like kind of plug in and I wasn't having to be part of the um, the mom community on, in Memphis because I'd already been kicked out of like multiple Facebook groups of the mom community. So what? 
<laughs> yes. I'm kind of blunt when it comes to stuff. So I was like, uh, I'm not going to find friends with these moms that only really, you know, associate themselves with being a parent. They don't have anything right. else interesting, which is why this this is a great clip for me. It made me so happy, this clip. Yeah, I'm not sure we could have transitioned better than that. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, excellent answer. Um, <laughs> Thanks. And I, I appreciate that. So I think a lot of people have heard me talk about this enough, but I work alone for the most part. I work with a with a music director because I work, I manage a chamber music group. So I work with a music director who's literally 80 years old. And he's a really nice guy, but he doesn't come into the office or anything. And I rarely go into the office. So we have lunch on Thursdays, but that's it. And then I work with professional musicians who are great, but they're older. And I only see them intermittently for concerts and things. And then I'm on the phone talking to donors and stuff. But most of the time I'm alone. And when I am interacting with people, they are very different from me. Um, and I sort of have to put on an air of hoity-toityness sometimes. Pinkies up. Yep. <laughs> and so then I turn around and I listen to podcasts and host bar trivia. And that's my outlet to make sure I stay socialized because I don't have that at work camaraderie that I used to have with old jobs. Yeah. Um, but that pulls us away from your point about parenting. And <laughs> I think what we'll do is we don't have to talk about this clip too much. This is a, a follow-up actually to an earlier conversation where Luke had mentioned his parenting philosophy. And I believe it's in response to a listener email that he spells it out a little bit more. This is from March 9th, 2011. And it's a segment we're calling uh, my child, my enemy. All right. So uh, speaking of emails, let's actually uh, go. take a look at some of these. The bad Every week. I hope that it's from a female. Oh man. It's not from a female. It's an interesting email from listener uh, Christian. Uh, who said uh, – because well, I was talking the other day. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of my – which is a weird thing to be proud of. But I'm very proud of my, my big – my parenting theory for if Vanessa and I ever have kids, which would be that it's team Vanessa and Luke and the kids are the enemy. Because my theory is if if, if you – if the mom and dad or the dad and dad or the mom and mom, whatever your particular family structure is, if the parents – are really into each other, uh, the kids will be fine because it will be a healthy, loving, supporting environment for everybody. But what really gets messed up, I think, a lot of the time now is that uh, one of the parents falls in love with the kids, not in a you know gross way, but just sort of like becomes obsessed with them, and it ends up damaging the 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 sort of spousal relationship. And so anyway, I I don't know why this is such a big deal to me, but I've just been telling anyone who will listen about my plan. And one of those people well, is Christian. I think that the, the thing you should keep in mind is that if you guys have kids and you use this system, you have to write a book about it. You'll become a millionaire just like the Tiger Mom. Yes. It'll be so called. So you should like jot all this down anytime you have a thought about it. It'll be called My Kid, My Enemy. <laughs> yes. So I'm telling you Pretty right good, now, right? that's like, you know, write an op ed piece for the Wall Street Journal and you will be yes. a millionaire. I oh you're totally right. I just don't have anything to base it on because Addie hasn't been I haven't uh you know Addie hasn't been my enemy unfortunately or maybe fortunately because I wasn't <laughs> you know like married to her mom. I didn't have a chance to really test this theory out yet. So it's well, so it's a long term plan. You got to wait yeah. a few years. It's pretty hypothetical, but you're right. I need to get it. And this podcast, believe me, this is not anything that's legally 
going to stand up in court. I need to, you're right, I need to get it codified and written down somewhere official-like so I can point to it 15 years from now when my kid, my enemy, is like the new Dr. Yeah. Spock of, of, of child rearing. Anyway, a <laughs> listener Christian said um, he, he, he sort of agrees uh, with, that, uh, with that theory. Uh, he says, um, um, you raised a point yesterday and, and it stirred some deep feelings in me. I realize this is probably a, quote, me issue, but that doesn't make it less real. When someone friends me on Facebook, I think he thought of this because he's just kind of thinking about the idea of parents falling in love with their kids in a, in a way that's sort of unhealthy and cloying. He says, when someone friends me on Facebook or I spot a name, and by the way, uh, Christian has gone ahead and bolded this part of the email, which I really appreciated. Sometimes I did too, people... because when I read that, I was like, oh, we have to talk about this. He understood what was his best, most yeah. salient, most exactly. kind of shocking point. Yeah, that was it was good. Like if you read one part of this email, this is the part to focus yeah. on. Very helpful. If you guys could just bold and or highlight the non-sucky parts of your emails, it will make our life a lot easier. <laughs> that was mean. Our, our listeners are great emailers because the thing about this show is that people who are, are not great at expressing themselves – um, verbally and in the sort of written form, they also don't like this show. So we immediately weed out all of the sort of uncommunicative people with this show's very existence. So anyway. And uh, uh, just, to, just to remind please. people too that we've asked in the past, um, if you have an actual question that needs responding to, please put that at the top. Yeah. Of your email. If yeah. There's a, if there's something that you need us to get to, there's a question, Get put that at the top. Yeah, in the priority of like if if there's one thing about this email that you want us to actually take note of, put it near the put it at the very top because we get a lot of emails and um and it you know we try to read through them and we kind of do but also if they're long we I I certainly kind of lose steam sometimes in the middle but on the other hand I don't want to sound uh, dismissive of the emails because they are like one of the main uh, sort of uh, like lifebloods of this show are all of the awesome suggestions and ideas and stuff. So thank you. Okay, this has been a lot of buildup to read this one bolded section of Christian's email, which was, <laughs> when someone friends me on Facebook or I spot a name of someone that seems familiar and I go to their profile and see nothing but photos of their kids, that person is dead to me. Even if that person was someone I slept with regularly in college. <laughs> this sounds oddly specific, Christian. He says, harsh, could be, but it tells me you've sublet your own identity to your children. It's great that you love your kids, but it's not great if you're a cipher and a child's personal assistant. Would Charlie Sheen put a child's needs ahead of his own? Hell no. <laughs> and he's winning. Plus, how do I know those are your kids? College was a long time ago. People change. Don't drag me into your child stalking business, and I won't force you to live in my world of, well, web design. Anyway, thanks for reading. Providing an outlet uh, for this helps. It gives me the strength to go on Facebook for another day and then he says uh i don't have kids would you like to see pictures of my dogs i have hundreds and then he says pps hundreds of pictures not hundreds of dogs just the two dogs but they photobomb me all the time so um this is an interesting uh this is an interesting thing to say do you agree with this this line of reasoning flash oh i do deep <laughs> in my heart you do i have to say i always think it's a little bit weird when you can tell that someone's entire life is like their kids um, play and their kids softball team and the kids 
fifth birthday party that they went to. And there's nothing, you can't figure out anything about the actual person because everything is about their kid. You can't figure out if they read, if they like music, if they went on a trip, if they have a boyfriend, you can't figure anything out about them because every single thing is their kid. You know what I mean? They just become like not a real person. Yes, I agree. And I I think that, you know, of course, we have lots of listeners and lots of them have kids and their kids are hilarious and people send in clips of their kids saying ridiculous things. And we love that. Uh, And we love that you have kids and we're fans of kids. I do think and this is really uh, kind of another way of saying the whole my kid, my enemy system. But somewhere, I think we got unintentionally into this weird um, like arms race involving how obsessed with our kids are we? And it became this thing where, like, if you don't obsess over your kid all the time, there's a concern that you're not on other people's part, but on your own part, that you're not loving your kid enough. And I just think parents were way shittier when we were kids, and I think that was fine. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, even with my kid, it's like she had to be on these volleyball teams where it was like they travel all the time and all this stuff because. If you have the resources to do it, uh, then not doing it seems like in some way going like I don't really care about being a good parent. And so we're all we're building up like it's it's like we need to we need an armistice. We need all the parents in America to go. It's okay to be a little crappier than we are, which means having a life again, which means not videotaping the first burp and the first fart and the first step and the first, I mean, you know, the first steps are pretty damn cute. Let's be honest. But you know what I mean? Like, I think that, and I I do think that that whole Facebook thing is, is a manifestation of that. Like we, we just need to all realize it's okay to be a little crappier at being parents than most of us are. Well, and it's also like, okay, so I have this friend, Catherine, and she does this thing where she she's constantly telling her kids the plan. So it's always like, let's get in the car. We're going to go to the grocery store and then we're going to go to the library. And then I promise we'll go to Starbucks and everybody can get a, um, a mocha or there's this constant like telling of the plan. And she said to me, I always tell my kids what the plans are because they're human beings and they deserve to know what is going to happen to their bodies all day long. Well, that's fine. But you know what my dad said was go get in the car. Yeah. We might've been going to Disneyland or we might've been going to the auto supply store. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. And it wouldn't have until you were 16, you thought was Disneyland. (laughs) <laughs> You're like, what's all the hype about? It's just a lot of Fram oil filters. Sometimes I get beef jerky at Disneyland. So it's just like, it's like my friend's parent in this way that is so totally foreign to me because I've never seen anything like it. It's just not the way any of our parents parented, but they were all parented by the same ones. And so it must be a huge reaction. But don't you think that generally speaking, kids are a little more screwy these days than, I mean, you know, it's not like... I feel like the pro. I don't know. I feel like the there's more angst now, and there's more almost like sort of ennui with kids because yeah. they've been told since they were two years old, um, you know, he, you deserve to know where your body's going to be today. And you're right, none of that shit went on when we were kids, and we're we're all sort of fine, or we're messed up, but we're working with it. Like, yeah. it's like I'll take my generation of people, by and large, you know, and how we turned out. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 I think I I also think it's really unsafe. I think it's really dangerous for your kid for this other reason too. If you're not reading a book, if you don't have a friend, if you don't have a workout thing that you're into, if you don't have a hobby, if you don't like something, 
your kid is going to figure out that they're your whole life. And that's too much pressure on a little kid. Yeah. I think it's better for a kid to recognize that you have a life too that's full and rich and you're not the very center. Because I think as a kid, that would feel like too much pressure to be the whole center of this adult's life who has nothing else going on. Absolutely. You can be a really good parent and you can really love your kid and you can also have hours out of your day where you're not obsessing over them. Those, those, all of those things can happen. Um, uh, you know, so, um, so, so I also think that people don't put up photos of themselves on Facebook because they've gained weight or what, you know, uh-huh. they have some kind of insecurity about their physicality. Yeah. And what I would say to that is then put up a picture of a great meal that you made or put up a picture, put up a picture of something that represents you besides what you squeezed out of your uterus. You know? <laughs> Especially for the guys, because that's, <laughs> nobody wants to see that. That's a, that's a gallbladder stone and it's gross. Um, <laughs> You know, it's funny you say that about the Facebook picture profile because I am now because I have I've known that I'm going to do this Lent thing, and I you know last year I got I got much more in shape uh, by virtue of not drinking and by working out more and stuff. So I've been kind of like letting everything slide because I'm like it'll be all better when I start being healthy again. And so I have definitely you know packed on a few pounds, and it's like my Facebook picture is from last year when I was shortly after Lent. And so it's me really skinny. And I said, I have, I can do one of two things here. I either have to lose 15 pounds or I have to stop using that Facebook profile picture because that is fraud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, yep, so I'm, I'm going to, my first attempt is going to be to bring my body back in alignment with that photo. But if I'm unable to, I can promise you I will get a new photo up there because that is uh, false advertising. So there's a lot to unpack here, um, but I think the, the very short clip. it's a very short clip that has a lot of gravity. Uh, yeah. Um, overall, I think the phrase that caught me the most from this whole thing was that parents need an armistice to make sure that they all know that it's okay, that they can be a little crappy. Yeah. A little crappier than they yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they can be crappier parents, but now that, you know, social media exists, I think people do feel like they have to be the best parent possible, and then they have to document it on their Facebook. And then it's performance parenting. Yes, it's like if most of your parenting happens to be just uh, pictures of your kids on Facebook, I don't think that's necessarily what I would consider parenting, So, which happens. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Luke's philosophy that uh, one uh, one parent falls in love with the kid in a two-parent household and that it creates a rift in the parent <laughs> relationship. Um, I was raised by a single parent, so I don't have um, like the personal experience with that, but I feel like my mom always made sure she also still had a life. I think single moms tend to be better at it than um, than some moms, especially like with making sure they'd still have an existence outside of it. Cause you would literally go crazy if um, your entire existence happened to be your kid, but there are parents who make their entire existence about their kid and it is painful to watch and painful to see. I don't think I would want to be that kid. No, because also when that kid runs for president, you're going to see their first poop. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's my main like argument yeah. about posting everything about your child on Facebook is because this kid is going to see this someday. And um, I think I posted once like I post tons of pictures of my dog, but I'm like in 18 years, my dog's probably going to be dead and my I still want my kid to like me. 
<laughs> I like that. Yeah. Now, Facebook wasn't around when I was a kid, but my parents definitely followed this philosophy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I grew up in like rural Tennessee. So my parents were like, just don't get bitten by any snakes would be groovy. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. We yeah. lived kind of in a city in a city in Michigan called Grand Rapids. It's a pretty safe Oh God, um, that, middle-sized I, city. And I've been to Grand Rapids. It's really nice, actually. It is nice, yeah. So it's a good place to grow up. Um, we did a lot of riding bikes all day around um, without any supervision, without them knowing where we were. Um, but, you know, I, I like that. Um, I don't think that's them ignoring us. I think that's them letting us, you know, figure things out on our own. Yeah, there's a lot more, um, what is it, uh, skills building and, you know, concepts that you can figure out like when kids get to play alone they get to figure stuff out when not without being constantly constantly monitored mm -hmm. so yes and i only burned my eyebrows off once doing that <laughs> uh i grew up in suburban western new york and a single mother only parent my mom worked a lot um i think there are things she did well and things that she really did not do well but all of that aside, I think the indirect benefit of all the independence I gained and problem solving I figured out just out of necessity might be a strong word because I'm sure I did a lot of things I didn't have to do as a child. But like <laughs> the ingenuity that I gained just by having time on my hands and the freedom to try things. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You can definitely tell the kids I got left alone more because <laughs> they are far yes. more devious. Yeah. Far more devious. Oh, I was great at getting away with stuff. Oh, I was horrible getting away with it, but pulling it off originally was fantastic because I was always I a horrible both. liar. Yeah, I, I never got away with anything, but I got framed a lot. My I, my twin brother would always frame me for stuff, so I was always the kid in trouble. Oh, you had a twin. Yeah, and he carved my name into like the door frames, mm -hmm. which is genius in That's a way. That's diabolical. Yes. Yeah, at four, he did that. So, so were you partners in crime or were you... You know, spy versus spy. Um, well, it was more partners in crime sometimes. And then it was spy versus spy when it came to punishment. Right. So it was whoever could lie better and I could never lie better. <laughs> <laughs> I think my dad picked up on it, though, when he my brother wrote his name on the wall. It was like, oh, I know I didn't sign that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Why would I be dumb enough to do that? Why would I write Bob on my own wall? <laughs> uh. I want to ask you something from a parent's perspective, since neither of us, neither Meredith or I are parents. Um, yes. The thought that, that Jen makes in this clip is that Luke is onto something and that there's real promise here. You know, I think one of them says that, that Luke could be the new Dr. Spock. Like this should be a book. <laughs> um, I think that could work out. Yeah. If somebody wrote this book, I mean, you must, did you buy into this? Did you get a lot of guidebooks? Were there, I, I DJed a baby shower last weekend, which sounds dumb, <laughs> but it was, yeah. it was one of my favorite <laughs> trivia teams and we played trivia at their baby shower and it was actually a lot of fun. And there was a trivia question about Dr. Spock and the younger generation, uh, all looked at me and they were like, what's a, I actually, actually it was who wrote his book. Um, <laughs> oh, what? You know, the, the trivia question was. Uh, I'm going to, I'm pulling up the sheet right now. <laughs> I hadn't planned on doing this. I haven't heard this, but it sounds to me like it might be a gimme. Uh, who yeah. wrote the best-selling child-rearing book, The Common Sense Book of Baby and Child Care? Which is Dr. Spock, right? Right. Yeah. 
you know that now because we were talking yeah. about it. But uh, when I asked that question, there was definitely a generational gap in the people who knew the answer. They were all older than us. Mm-hmm. And all the people our age and younger had no idea who Dr. Spock was. So I'm genuinely wondering if this became a self-help parenting book. You know, it doesn't have legs. Do people still buy these things? Do, do you have uh, them? I never bought them, but um, I'm going to say that sometimes when it comes to parenting ideas, I go, I'm a little different than a lot of people my age. So um I only bought the pregnancy, like what to expect when you're expecting one. And then I bought the what to expect in the first year. But like I read through it and I was like, ah, well, as long as the kid doesn't choke on anything, seems like I'll be fine. <laughs> so, but but um, there there are lots of people who buy lots and lots of books and they do read them. And uh, if he did it in blog form, it'd probably be the most effective because then he could right. be the daddy mommy blogger. <laughs> so wasn't he of- talking about reading or writing a book a while back well he's always talking about writing a book um i thought he got kind of serious about it and rented a cabin in the woods right. to write <laughs> and now unsurprisingly there's there's nothing materialized there's just a cabin oh, with with news clippings taped to every wall and window somewhere <laughs> and dog-eared u.s weeklies <laughs> dog chewed u.s weeklies yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, I have to think that that this would be a chapter in his book at some point. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think I think he had a book agent at some point. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that he's talked about it plenty of times, but I don't know, I don't know what he's going to write about, yeah. except for maybe my child, my enemy. I think it was his whole teen parent thing. That's yeah. that's kind of been the the narrative. Well, like when he was on This American Life, that's what he was talking about. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, well, and also, I think anybody who's somewhat uh, single or not telling a lot of people that they're pregnant, they always feel like a teen parent. So he was a teen parent. And at 25, I felt like a teen parent. I was like, oh, God, what? A, I don't know what to do with this situation. So I just got off my Facebook because I was like, ah, I don't need advice. I don't need people to know too much <laughs> until it's, you know, you know, like I'm far along and far enough along that I've got my shit more together than Right. And I found out I was And you out. can't really hide it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't talk about it. There are lots of people who put their first ultrasound on. Oh, everything. yeah. I was mostly like, well, I don't want to do that. And um, I think I was six months pregnant when I put, I was like, hey, guys, looks like I'm having a girl. And my family was like, what? I was oh, like, no. I was like, y'all guys should come visit more often. <laughs> this is an excellent so. transition. Tell me, why is your first ultrasound not your profile picture on Facebook? <laughs> Because, well, first of all, it looks like a blob. And my favorite ultrasound picture is the one of the spine. And that probably says a lot about me that I was like, oh, this one's so cool and creepy. (laughs) So (laughs) I was like, no, my approach was like, you know, she's she's doing her own thing. And I don't need her to have a uh, Facebook, you know, presence before she's even been born. So and I try to keep it to a minimum. When I went to my 10 year reunion, nobody knew I even had a kid. And they're like, you have a four-year-old? And I'm like, yep, I have a four-year-old. And nobody knew. And I was like, that's cool. That means that later on when she runs for president, she'll be the only kid running or only adult running that doesn't have like a documentation of a toilet training. (laughs) I think it's the listener who wrote in who comments that uh, people, when all of their Facebook pictures are of their kids, that person is dead to them. Even if it was someone they slept with regularly in college. Yes. Yes. 
they will not friend them no matter what. Yeah. I'm, I like I'm not friending people I slept with in college anyway, but I guess if that's a good reason. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I kind of agree with Christian on that one. That was like, uh, you know what? I, I don't want to, I don't want to go with that. It's like, I friended people in college, but. But you're friends with them, not with their kid. Right. That you've never met. So, right. yeah, if I, I've n- definitely if I've never met the kid, I'm just like, oh, I don't I don't mm, yeah. can't do this. It's really dismaying to me when I have friends because I'm kind of, you know, at the age where most of my friends, especially my high school friends have kids. And there are several who have maintained their identities, but also probably more than half of them have just kind of their online presence anyway is entirely focused around their kids. I know. And it's creepy. It gets really it's creepy. Just, it's just nothing that interests me. And I'm, you know, glad they're happy and glad they love their kids, of course. Um, but it's nothing I really want to engage with. So I usually end up hiding those people. Yeah. It's like if you still want to be friends with them, mm-hmm. but you don't need them to know that you're definitely not following like their constant updates about cloth diapers. Yes. Um, then, uh, yeah. And uh, essentially any of my friends who start getting into cloth diapers, I immediately hide them because it's like, I, I'm not going down this road. So you would and say- I think I've I've only gotten into one like Facebook argument about cloth diapers saying that it was classist. And then they were like, how is it classist? So it's like some people don't have washing machines. Yeah. So that's so. a salmon colored flag. Yes. Cloth diapers. <laughs> say so. Is and it, I, I guess I should make the disclaimer that I think, you know, some some amount of kid information is I like cute kid pictures, of course. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Um, like, you know, Christy with 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 Ellie, it's I think she's got a good balance of her own stuff. And oh, yeah, and definitely. Kid stuff. And, and I and love seeing fun. Ellie's like Halloween costumes. Yes, absolutely. So which was weird because I felt super awkward because Christy's because uh, Ellie went as um it was so weird. Christy and um, Ellie went as like the moon and an astronaut. And that's what Ella and I went as. And I was like, oh, oh God, wow. I promise I'm not stalking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is just Ella happens to be into astronauts and the moon. And I was like, okay, I can do oh, They're a similar age. That makes sense. I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with a little light stalking either. No. <laughs> I wasn't stalking though. It's harmless. <laughs> uh, so let's talk parenting philosophy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have a kid um, that I know of, but I've always told Sam that if we have a child, I want one and I want to raise that child to be basically a sidekick. Uh-huh. Like mm-hmm. I get that there are certain <laughs> things you have to do as a child, but as much as possible, I, I don't want to eliminate us having a life and I'm okay with including a child in that life. Um, but I just know too many people who, have a child and then are just shut off from the rest of the world. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Sam, especially just, we have friends in Boston, they have kids and they just, they don't go anywhere. They don't do anything. And I get it. You can't take a six month old baby to a bar all night long and you can't, but I have seen it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Babysitters are expensive. Yeah. Babysitters are expensive, but also bars and babies generally don't go right. together. Oh, Green. as a trivia host, I get mad. <laughs> Oh, when there's a baby? Or even when there's just a bunch of small children, like a family is in a bar that is clearly not a family kind of bar. Yeah. And they're having dinner or something just randomly because they saw a restaurant that was open and they're like, oh, let's let's go in there. It's right. not Applebee's, but we'll try it. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I got to change all my music now because your kid's here and I don't want to blast a bunch of swears. 
And you also can't cuss as much in front of kids. Yeah, oh, I just to... do anyway. Sometimes. I mean, I'm at work. This is their. This is our show. It's a Wednesday night. You're at, at a bar. Right. Bar. Yeah. If you can't swear at a bar, where can you? That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, that's a good idea. Is like kind of include the kid and stuff that you can do together. But there are moments when you're just like, oh, I'm not going to go to this because it'll make everybody else miserable unless you can get a sitter. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. now my kid is awesome at being a sidekick because I go to um, I go to stuff with her and she's she's pretty she's gotten to the point where we have this routine and there's like a, a Lyft driver meeting that we go to. And she's now like the unofficial Lyft like the tiniest Lyft driver in Memphis because she's always. <laughs> oh, do you drive? Mm -hmm. You drive for Lyft too? Yeah. It's kind of like a, my, I get to talk to people, but cool. I don't force people to listen to TBTL even though I want to. <laughs> um, do you have a promo code that you want to plug? Should we be giving you uh, a commercial? I don't even know if that it's only in select cities, but it's a Amy 4260. Okay. Yeah, we'll try so I like that because 42 is the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Absolutely, it's it true. is. Um, that's great that you bring her along for those things and, and sort of make the most of it. That's exactly what I had in mind with that. You know, mm -hmm. it just people's lives stop and that freaks me out. Like, Yeah, there's some stuff you have to take into consideration, like the people who take six-month-olds to movies. Even if it's a kid's movie, that kid does not care. Right. Well, that's just yeah. an attention span thing. I mean, it's just flashing lights and colors. Right. But it's also overwhelming because, you know, they it's a lot of flashing lights and colors and um, they their brains are tiny and not really good at taking that in. Yeah. So but that's how I got kicked out of a mommy group is because I told someone not to take the three month old to a July 4th party because <laughs> they're oh. like, I want to go to a July 4th party, but without um fireworks and stuff but i want them to experience july 4th i'm like your kid doesn't care and then i got kicked out <laughs> so well, i agree with you for the record <laughs> i thought it made sense but i think outside of like being whenever people get into like mommy groups you get really weird stuff like that so mm -hmm. that that kid definitely is not going to remember being three months old at july 4th party right. with no, no fireworks um meredith do you and Duff have a thought on this or is it just so far out of the realm of possibility that? <laughs> it's not out of the realm of possibility, but we're both kind of petrified to, to, to make that leap. Um, <laughs> and, and the, the whole thing about losing your identity is a big part of it. Yeah. It's terrifying um, when people start really only associating you with being a parent too. Because it's not yeah. even just something that you you brand yourself as just a parent. Uh, people start only seeing you as a parent. Yeah. Even if yeah, and and you know, I think if 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 we had had an accident baby or two, like that'd be fine. Um, there's no chance of that anymore. And so the other problem is that we'd have to adopt. Mm -hmm. So we have to really make a conscious effort. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we really have to get over this stuff and then really go seek it out. So we can't, we can't count on a, an oopsie baby. Yeah. Um, but I, I think my philosophy would line up a lot with yours, Bobby. I, I don't want a kid to take over my life. And, and I don't know, I have some friends who, who also said that before they had kids and then their kids took over their lives. So I have no idea what it's like. You know, so that's part of my fear. Right. <laughs> as well, it should be. As as much as I don't want it to take over my life, I realize that it might. Right. So I have to be prepared for that possibility. But you also have a lot more things going on 
Um, if you have hobbies and stuff, you generally are not going to stop your hobbies just because you have a kid. A lot yeah. of a lot of people who let it take over their lives, I feel like, never had many things outside of having uh, outside, mm-hmm. really. And so, if you don't have like shit tons of hobbies like I do, then you're you're kind of doomed. Yeah. So. Uh, and I'm going to ask you about that in just a minute. But first, uh, I want to say. One thing, which is to all the Wagoneer parents out there, we love you. And it's not about not being a parent. I don't think we're anti-parenting. No, obviously not. I'm pro-parent. Right. (laughs) Well, I think, well, mainly, you know, me and uh, Meredith, because this has come up before on on the show with the other guys. Um, We love parents and we're glad there are parents. And so this is not saying that you made the wrong choice. We're glad that you have kids and you all that have kids generally speaking have adorable kids. And I love seeing the pictures of people's kids occasionally in balance <laughs> on Facebook and hearing about how they're doing it. I mean, we just, we adore Ellie. I mean, we just, Ellie's are, right. yeah. there's a reason we ask for lions updates. <laughs> every She's week. the pod child. Yeah. Yes. Um, and you know, I have a nephew um, and then two step nieces and a step niece and a step nephew, I guess. Um, and they're adorable. I love spending time with them. They're so much fun. And then it's great to just be like, bye. Yeah. yeah Uncle Bobby. <laughs> no, I, I don't have to put you to bed. See really you love sending Ellie a birthday present or something. And right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and as long as you don't load these children up with sugar before you leave, right. please don't do that. <laughs> oh, I may be guilty of that. <laughs> <laughs> the parents were silently cursing you then. Yeah, right? I know. That's fine. Um, is there anything else from this clip that we need to unpack? Um, oh, there, do you remember the line of Charlie Sheen wouldn't put a child's needs over his own <laughs> and he's winning? And I, I, I went back and looked at the timeline and this is about when Charlie Sheen would have been contracting HIV. I know, right? Yeah. I thought about that whenever I was listening to this clip again. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Is, he's not so much winning. Yeah. So there's one argument against this philosophy. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so, Amy, here's what I need to know. Um, okay. You started listening in 2014, but this clip is from March of 2011. So how did you find this clip? Well, I'm one of the historians. And so this was in one of my weeks that I was assigned. So I was like, as soon as it started being played, I was like, ah, I got it. Mm. This is this is my new favorite right now. <laughs> so. That's how I found my clip, too, about the hamburger being thrown at Jen. Oh, God, which that clip was archiving. Yeah, that clip was like it broke oh, my heart, but it was yeah. so funny. And then it was just like I can just see Jen walking down the side of the road and this hamburger flying out so um had you gone back and listened to the archives at all before we started that project or were you inspired by that project um i had gone back as far as i could in my iphone podcast app that's as far as i had but they only cover about 100 shows so you don't get that many Mm -hmm. um so i hadn't gone back because i don't like listening on my computer and so if I set aside the time to archive, then I'm sitting at my computer and focusing. So active listening is quite good for that for me, because um, if I wasn't opening up my computer, I wouldn't be getting onto the infinite guest. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I was like, that's a sad thing because a, a lot of people listen to it on their computers, but um, my computer and I 
we we fight a lot and uh <laughs> well it's holding out so, so far for this recording so well this one's not even my computer because mine's a macbook and i've got this overblown gaming computer that my boyfriend has oh, right. so yeah which is why i have the headphone headset situation that won't let <laughs> me hook to my macbook <laughs> uh how many weeks roughly have you archived now i have no idea christy said I've done five, but I don't know if I've done five and I never got stickers for doing five. So I don't think I did five. Okay. But, um, well, I think I'm now in the archive.org uh, stuff right now. I think we owe you stickers. <laughs> uh, just another way in which Christy and Mike have failed you. <laughs> I wasn't, I don't actually ordered the stickers. So I, I, the only thing I need for my car is a little red bandwagon one. You I should got the get tent. them for free for doing five weeks. <laughs> so. we will take We're here to make we'll it right. <laughs> I never felt wronged. I just felt, uh, I just felt <laughs> failed by the headset. <laughs> All right. Uh, my, my only somewhat related question. You are a voracious podcast listener. <laughs> And yes. I'm curious. So when you started listening to TBTL and and you came off of Wait Wait, which is the same way I got to TBTL and a lot of people got to TBTL, were you listening to a lot of other podcasts back then? Yes. Okay. Yes. I think I caught up in every single one, like at least five or six episodes deep or so. But if it, uh, I started listening in July, so there were already three months that I had been powering through podcasts in the back of the store. Sure. So, um, yeah. So I want to know what else you listen to and how much time you spend a day or a week. Okay. So if we're looking at summer, I'm spending about 10 hours a day listening to podcasts. Wow. So, yeah, because I'm from the beginning of my workday to the end of my workday. And if, um, you know, I don't have my phone on or anything while my child is awake, but as soon as she goes to bed, I don't sleep that much. So I go back to listening to podcasts. And that's usually whenever I get that day's TBTL because I'm doing various puttering things around the house. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, in a normal day, probably in the middle of the busy season, when uh, we're taking in coats or, you know, putting coats, you know, taking in coats or taking out coats or um, other things, uh, probably about three or four hours. Okay. So. And I know <laughs> you are caught up with and have listened to the entire archive of Nerd Out Loud. Yep, every single nerd out loud. <laughs> and wow. for those who may not be aware, I don't know how you couldn't know, but uh, Nerd Out Loud is one of our sister podcasts, I guess you could say, from the 10710 network. Jeremy doesn't like to call it that, but uh, that's Jeremy oh, I, and Christie's podcast. That's what he named it. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, I don't think he, it's not a network in his mind, but it is. And he's building something great. And so that's his and Christie's podcast. Yes, and I even got to listen to the infamous infamous number nine. So <laughs> that was that was excellent. Whenever I got to listen to that, and it was amazing. Me too. And maybe you and I will re- recap it in a premium episode at some point. <laughs> yes. Um, whenever somebody makes a podcast about that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Eureka podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm not completely caught up on that one, but I've gotten. Um, quite a few into the Eureka podcast, but because it was during the winter months when everybody wants their fires or buying fires, then um, I didn't get to listen to as much, but now I'm, I think I've got quite a few of those listened to about 50 out of the 140 something. 
And for those unaware, that is uh, sort of another degree of separation through Nerd Out Loud. That's Friends of Christy and Jeremy's, and it's a show that I listen to as well. A couple of nice idiots out in Kansas. And Jeremy is the replaces Jeremy in the latest episode. Yes, if you want to hear producer Jeremy on a mic with somebody else's podcast, go listen to the latest episode of Eureka Podcast. Unless you're listening to this six months from now, in which case, dig back into the archives. Right, and I think it's a... Eureka out loud. Yes. <laughs> um, just because you've got such good taste, clearly, what else do you listen to that we should all have on our radars? Oh, dear. Like, I listen to so many podcasts. Um, I'm going to have to look at my podcast app. Um, uh, Ask Roulette is amazing, if you've ever heard of Ask Roulette. And they only put out one podcast at a time after these messages. Tired and Emotional has not been updated in a while. We know. Um, and we're devastated. <laughs> I know. So uh, I doubt it with Dollamore because I totally binge on politics during um, the especially the political season. And this is a fantastic um, political season to be binging on politics. Uh, Hidden Brain, The Moth, Wait, Wait, Mystery Show on the Media, Ask Me Another, Life of the Law, Invisibilia, Reply All, Startup, Serial, Radiolab, This American Life, Planet Money, Savage Lovecast, Hollywood Babylon, and How to Do Everything. And Hollywood Babylon's like my brain candy. It's like just garbage that I love <laughs> listening to. If you if you love Kevin Smith or hate Kevin Smith, you need to watch uh, listen to it. It's great. All right then. Yeah, I mean that's where he comes up with all of his movie ideas now. So if you want to know the history of Tusk, then listen to Hollywood <laughs> Babylon. <laughs> well, I'm. I think yeah. we're honored that Little Red Bandwagon makes the cut in. <laughs> your very curated list of podcasts. It's such a big part of your life. And I know that you're so active listening to all these shows because I see your Twitter feed. Oh God. Yeah. You see my live tweets like nerd out loud. I'll pretty much live tweeted every majestic gym that they dropped all these fantastic, dazzling details that they put in. So, Oh, and also in the very first episode, Christy says that if you nerd out about knitting, even though you're probably 90, you will, um, you can be on the show. And I was like, Hey, not all knitters are 90. <laughs> so, well, um, is there anything that we haven't covered that we need to cover? Mm, I, I imagine I, while we're sitting here that Mike and Christy are just covered head to toe in liquid cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, uh, it, what day is it? It's, um, no, Christy can't until Saturday or Sunday. Oh, she right. can't cover she liquid oh, yeah. Saturday. Or <laughs> um, I was absolutely shocked to hear that Mike had already been through half his cheese because I was like, oh, that's a lot of cheese. Really? That shocked like, you? Yeah. I wasn't shocked at all. Well, it was, um, they're, they're rather large tubs of cheese <laughs> and he's already been through four of them in a week. So I was like, oh, that's a lot of cheese and they are absolutely terrible for you, but they're so good. I'm just glad people realize that it's not just a put on. That he's no, it's it's a lot of like, yeah, <laughs> they were very enthusiastic about the cheese. I wish that that <laughs> interview made it because Christy was like, tell me about this cheese. And it was super serious. Well, we're not going to make you break it down again. That's just going to ask Christy and Mike if you've got to know more about the cheese. Yeah, they can probably go into details about the cheese. <laughs> what we can offer you is some stickers. Yay. This is a seamless transition into our housekeeping segment. It's a little late for Valentine's Day. Uh, but if there's someone you love and they got you a better gift than you got them, maybe make up the difference by ordering them 
a Little Red Bandwagon or a 10 sticker, and those are available at littleredbandwagon.com. Uh, and if you want to be the next guest on this show, the next featured Amy on our Friday <laughs> interview, uh, and haven't already filled out the form to do so, you can do that as well at littleredbandwagon.com. Uh, Meredith? And they'll always get to you, too. Yeah, someday. <laughs> Eventually. We'll yep. Uh, and a lot of you, uh, we've gotten a, a recent bump of new people, and I was just reading through them this morning, and I'm really excited to get to talk to some of those people. The problem is that we have jobs and lives, too, and so it's hard for us to schedule these as many as we'd want, but we'll get there, I promise. Uh, Meredith, do you want to tell people how they can get involved? Yeah, you can visit our website at littleredbandwagon.com. You can check us out on Facebook, on our Facebook page, or we do make regular appearances in the Stens Facebook page, um, <laughs> as I'm sure you know. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. Mike is Drew McFrizz. Christy is Kissy Eyes, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S. Bobby is R.L. Pape. Producer Jeremy is Dadstronaut. I'm Meredith underscore Mayhan, although I never tweet, <laughs> so you should just be my Facebook friend. And Amy, do you want to give us your Twitter? Yeah, I'm at uh, Madam Woolite. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's like sexy and old lady at the same time. All right. So uh, follow her. Our show Twitter is LRB Podcast. And you can send us an email at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that, Bobby, why don't you get us out of here? Oh, boy. Boy, uh, just the last weekend, it was Mike who wasn't there. <laughs> we did his part. Uh, uh, until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Nailed it. Oh, Christy says she wants to eavesdrop. <laughs> She has the link she can join if she wants. I suppose. It'll just mess things up. She won't be able to not chime in. She messes things up. <laughs> <laughs> she had her chance to do yeah, this right. That's true. <laughs>